I had an experience and I've been told that this is very, very difficult for our loved ones on the other side to do, but I actually had an experience after Roger passed. It was not long after he passed and it was definitely when I was um, suicidal where I woke up and he was laying how he always laid next to me in bed, like looking right at me. It only lasted a few seconds, but it is energy and it's them, you know, showing us anything related to synchronicities, manifesting all the things, the more we talk about it, the more we're displaying gratitude. And so it magnetizes it. So we start getting more and more of it. So the more you're acknowledging your experiences, the more experiences you're going to have, the more communication you're going to have. I believe that every person has the power to transform their life. Today, I will unlock that power in you. I'm Luke, and you're listening to the Luke Mind Power Podcast. It's time for you to heal and to find inner peace. Are you ready? Just send me a DM that says, I want inner peace to get started. Until then, enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode on the Luke Mind Power Podcast. I hope you're doing amazing, guys. I have someone super extraordinary with me today, and I'm, I'm so excited to share her story, get to know her better. Her name is Lindsay Stanton. Um, and she's the president of DigiMe. It's a digital technology company in the human resource space. She built and ran with Roger Stanton. Roger passed in October of 2020. Lindsay and Roger are soulmates. Spent 20 years in the physical world, in love, working together during most of those years and traveling together as well. In 2018, DigiMe was launched. Roger was the CEO and president until his passing. Lindsay was the chief client officer. Lindsay has extensive media and speaking experience from her tenure as an executive, having been featured on major television and radio outlets, as well as industry events as a subject matter expert. Lindsay has always been intuitive, receiving information and signs from grandparents and family members that passed since she was young. Lindsay deeply embraced her spiritual journey after Roger's passing becoming trained in coaching to assist those in deep grief, taking programs on mediumship, Reiki, and somatic therapy, as well as participating in spiritual communities, learning extensive modalities to assist those in grief. So, ladies and gentlemen, I really want to welcome to the Luke Mind Power podcast, Lindsay Stanton. I am so thankful to be here. It is just such great reverence to be here and to have this conversation with you. I'm so looking forward to the amazing nuggets that are going to come out of our conversation and space together. So thank you. Absolutely. I'm already feeling it. The nuggets are coming. <laughs> yeah, the downloads are coming. Absolutely. So, I mean, that was a pretty powerful kind of like overview of like what you have experienced or been through uh, since 2008. Is that correct? 2008, um, where you launched DigiMe. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about maybe your relationship um, in the physical world with with uh, with Roger, um, and also you know maybe kind of the connection that you have as well? Because obviously to have this now uh, in the spiritual sense still connected and and you know moving forward, how did this kind of all come about? Yeah, great question. It's kind of like where to start, right? <laughs> um, I think uh, it was um, our relationship always was uh, one of those relationships where you just instantly know. Um, literally, the minute we met, we know, we knew. And now looking back, I didn't realize it at the time, but now 
I recognize that that was our souls recognizing each other, probably from past lives, um, you know, whatever you believe, but definitely something larger than just this time around the world. <laughs> um, but uh, so it was immediate. It was definitely not like any other relationship I've ever experienced in my life. There were none of the like, you know, do you like go forward, like the weighing out the pros and cons of the partnership or, you know, all the things you normally do when you're dating somebody um, like, can you tolerate this or, you know, is this uh, a good match for you? There was none of that. It was literally like instant recognition that we were meant to be together. Um, he actually told me that he that he could fall in love with me. So I met him on a job interview. <laughs> and at the end of the job interview, he was talking about um, like where he was progressing his business and where he could see the company in five, 10 years. And he was asking me my career objectives. And um, he said, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? And before I could even answer, he said, because I'm worried I could fall in love with you and you'll leave the business. <laughs> and that was one of those things where it was like you're mulling it over in your head, right? <laughs> like, what does what did this person just say to me? But it really stuck. And that was honestly him speaking that deep truth the first time we met was the launching point of the power of our partnership. And um I firmly believe that that set the foundation, the tone of what we're, what we've been able to achieve since he's passed. And I definitely now recognize that as difficult as this has been, as extremely painful as it's been for me, it was necessary so that I can potentially help others that are going through, you know, similar types of grief because we, if you're able to hold such deep pain, you're also able to hold such beautiful, amazing joy. And there is just a tremendous duality to it. And the things I've been able to create, manifest, and experiences I've had since his passing, because of his passing, if that makes sense, and our connection have just been phenomenal. That's amazing. And, um, you know, this is the challenge, right? Because you said, you know, your souls recognized each other, you know? So this is a really deeper side of life, the spiritual side, right? The, the real true connection. And I think we're so disconnected as a society from our true spiritual self. How can we transcend that to helping people become more aware that it's not, yeah, I, I, it's like, people are more influenced by other people or by family expectations. I mean, that's what happened to me, yeah. 27 years old, and everyone around me was in a relationship, and I wasn't. So the mm -hmm. moment that I met someone, I felt like that was it, you know? Yeah. And I was like, like completely infatuated with yeah. her, and, you know, it, it was like things just – and I, 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 back then I had so many insecurities within myself, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I was very needy, got very clingy and attached very quickly. So, you know, within a month I asked her to marry me, but you know, um, I wasn't mucking around, but that could have been the same <laughs> thing of like, I knew, right. But eight months later she turned around and said, no. So obviously it wasn't what I thought it was. What do you think is the real problem, I guess, with, with society, with people that we're not attracting or are we impatient to actually 
attract the right person? Or do we need to go through relationships first, breakdowns, um, experiences to help us evolve to, to then get to a certain frequency where we align with that specific person? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to break down on what you just asked. And I feel like you, in some ways, answered your own question with the way you asked it. But I feel like, first of all, you know, we all obviously need to do the work. I mean, every, all the work, you know, that you preach, you know, especially like the inner child work, I've done so much work on this journey. Um, but so I think that's first and foremost, because you can't be in healthy relationship with anybody, whether it's a spouse, a friendship, you know, even a coworker, unless you're coming to the table with emotional intelligence and, um, can really truly, you know, put your best foot forward every time you're in community with somebody. So I think that's absolutely critical, but I do think that we're here obviously to learn our lessons and, you know, relationships are going to challenge us. And just because it is your soulmate doesn't mean you're not going to have challenging times. You're going to have challenging times, you know? Um, so I think you need to make sure you're doing the inner work to have those conversations and be able to be prepared to, you know, make the moves you need to make to foster the relationship for the health of both people. But I also think we're super distracted, you know, I mean, just in general, we're super distracted. We're looking for the next quick hit to make us feel good. And um, we do that in relationship. We do it with consumerism. We do it in all aspects of our life. Right. And so um, we do the same thing when we're looking to date, to love. I mean, this is why, like, I fundamentally like just don't get the whole dating app thing. Like to me, you need to have an organic, energetic connection with somebody, you know, like I, I just, I just truly believe that like to have that type of soul recognition, I believe it needs to be organic. So I think we need to look at things, take a step back and not be so consumed with finding somebody. First of all, being okay to be alone um, which I think you model beautifully and the risk and willingness you make every day to be brave and, you know, to move crazy places and have all the experiences. I mean, that's on that path is who you're going to meet. That's when you're going to meet the person that you're meant to meet, right? Because you're being your truest, best version of you. So I feel like instead of looking for the quick hit relationship, just take a step back, do the inner work and the relationship will come. I truly believe in divine timing because look, I was in a bad marriage. I mean, I was in a marriage that did not work <laughs> before. Well, yeah, tell, us, tell, I, tell us about that. Like before you yeah. met, met Roger, what, 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 who, what relationship were you in? What experience did you go through? Yeah, I had a really rough relationship. Um, I had met somebody uh, kind of what you described. I met him in college um, intuitively I knew it wasn't right. I actually cried when I was standing at the altar, which should have been a sh huge clue to me. <laughs> but, um, I do definitely believe like that relationship was so challenging and, um, we were so divergent. Um, so, but I am thankful for that experience because I truly believe without that experience, I wouldn't have completely appreciated the beauty of the relationship that Roger and I had. Time really does fly. And, you know, it was 2018 where I just, you know, I'd been through so many relationships and rejections and things not working for me the way that I wanted them to. And a lot of it was pressure from 
friends, what they're doing and family, right? That I was supposed to go down this path, you know? Um, and so it was, it was my own decision to, to realize that even the current relationship that I was having at that time in 2018, around May or June, that was unhealthy. It wasn't, you know, um, it really wasn't helping me grow and it, and it wasn't someone who I saw myself with in the future. So it was that point where I said, no more relationships. Like, I don't want a girlfriend. I want to spend time with me. And yeah, this is the hard part because when you're coming from a place of insecurity, you're, you know, you want to feel loved. And I'm like, yeah, I say this now. I wanted to feel loved. I wanted that relationship. I wanted that marriage or that family life or that what everybody else had. But the question is, how can you expect someone to love you when you don't love yourself? And that's what I didn't have. I didn't have that self-love. I didn't love myself. So then that moment, it's like I said, nah, that's it. I'm done. Even the sex, because it was available. Even just the sex, like, hey, like, let's just sleep together. You know, you can, we don't have to be in a relationship. And I, for, for, for a male, for the male ego, that's like, a ooh, yeah, no strings attached. I can just sleep around, right? So that was, I still had to say no to that. And and yeah, it was, yeah, it's like since that time, like up until now, I think about that. I'm like, wow, how did I do that? Because look how it just went so quick, you know? But it was like, yeah, I've given my time and my life to everyone. What about me? I want people to love me, but I don't love me. So it's a powerful journey, but it's, it is uncomfortable. And you have to go through sometimes a shitstorm, sometimes negative experiences to go, hey, hang on a second, man. Like, why do I keep attracting these people? Or why are things not working out for me? Maybe it is time for me to get comfortable with myself and to enjoy my own company and to figure myself out and to evolve, you know? Um, so, yeah, thanks for mentioning that because I just think about it now and I'm just like kind of blown away by my own kind of action. But at the same time, like I wrote a quote on Twitter recently about your soul and your soul knows where it has to go. And it will even take you through experiences and relationships that are negative on purpose so that you learn the lessons that you need to learn because eventually you will be guided in the right direction to attract your soulmate. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I also think um, there's larger intention behind us spending time alone too, besides just doing the inner work. Don't you feel like that helped you connect to like God, source, the universe, and just knowing that you were deeply loved no matter who you were physically in community with? For me, I've had that experience. Like just because I'm not in a physical relationship now, I feel a bigger, broader love than I had ever known or tapped into before. Yeah. The the relationship with myself, you know, because, I mean, I was raised in a Catholic uh, family, uh, religious, really religious. You know, mom was always trying to get me to go to church all the time and pray and all that kind of stuff. So for me, I kind of felt like I was stuck in a box and I was, you know, that was the only way that that was the, the, the right way to go. So I had to like disconnect myself from that, which kind of meant I was disconnecting myself from the whole, you know, um, God belief system in a sense. But everybody has their own way of like connecting with the divine and source and the universe. Right. So for me, it was 
the reconnection with myself. It was the time that I needed to come back to myself, which then helped me really understand that, you know, there is this greater energy out there. Um, but it was all a lesson and it was all a process that I had to go through that now has kind of led me to a place of peace, which, you know, you're not forcing anything. You're flowing. What flows, what crashes, crashes, you know, it's not like, oh, I need this, you know, like, and, and it always comes back to the inner work. It's like, well, why are you needy? What didn't you receive when you were younger? Didn't you get enough love, attention, validation, approval, encouragement? If you didn't, guess what? You're yearning for that. But then also it's the other side of things where if you didn't get enough love, now you may find it hard to receive compliments. When someone gives you love, you don't know how to receive it because you've never got it. Yeah. And I think too, that you tapped into something around energetics that I want to point out. Like when you're in that state of quote unquote need, it's, it's all coming from a, a place of lack when you realize that um, there's something bigger and that we truly do have everything that we quote unquote need um, that, you know, we can kind of be in a state of flow. And that's when the true magic starts to happen. That's when we can tap into the divine. That's when we can really be in a flow creative state. That's when we manifest all the beautiful things and joy in our life. So to me, like, I think I have, um, this whole process has allowed me to step back from quote unquote need and that kind of desperate energy. It almost ramps up at first when you lose somebody, you know, when they cross over. Um, but then you get into this beautiful state of trust if you do the work where you know that you always have that connection and um, you can really kind of just be in flow with it. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you said the word crossover and you know, a recent interview I did as well with um, with Peter Crone, uh, he shared something similar because he lost his parents when he was young. And he said, I didn't lose them. Exactly. The energy, the, the energy was just transcended or transpired to, you know, another place or whatever it is because everything's energy cannot be destroyed, right? Exactly. Um, so tell us a little bit more about that side of things in your life now um, because obviously – you still have this relationship in the energetic sense, the, the signs. And that's another thing for me as well, that when I took the time to say, you know, okay, I need more time for me. I need to connect with me. I need to connect with God, the universe, um, you know, that the bigger energy out there, disconnect myself from the expectations of family, friends, society, what they, they want for me, what I'm being influenced by and, and reconnect mm -hmm. with my truth. So, a lot of the things that really guided me and helped me were synchronicities, you know, and, and the, the thing is I have, and it's like, well, this is maybe why you're freaking so powerful, Luke. And like, you're the chosen one. My first girlfriend, her birthday was the 11th of the 11th. That's I when I was 17, yeah, I 17 years old. <laughs> You know, that's amazing. And my birthday is the 22nd. So 11 plus 11 is 22. And I guess it, it is part of the reticular activating system of my mind. But like, how can you explain? I'm going to my first live open mic in Chicago. I'm driving there. I've never been there before. I'm running or not really running off nearly running late, but I'm quick trying to get there because I don't know the address and I've stuck on Google Maps or whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> I find the freaking parking spot. 
I get out of the car and as I turn around, there's a bus coming my way. And guess what the number of the bus is? 22. And like I look at it and I'm like, I'm in the right place. Everything is in alignment. Keep going. You know, so it's like these kind of things that have been happening to me, like for so many, even before I started this journey, but I just didn't never picked up on it. They were there all the time, you know, and so now along the last five years for me, a lot of these signs, you know, these numbers, and they're just like, for me, it's, it's the biggest sign that I'm going in the right direction and to believe in myself more and, and, and like even living at my parents' house and the the even at the old house that I was that I just moved out of the numbers like the stuff the how does the microwave and the oven have the same they, they had the same at some points they had 11 11 11 11 9 22 9 22 that's my birth 9 22 September 22nd like they would show up at the same time and I never configured the numbers you know I have um, the same experiences on a daily basis. <laughs> so, so um, I, I mean, I've had these experiences definitely to a small extent when I was younger, but since Roger uh, crossed over, it's definitely, I mean, it's like, I always say it's on steroids. <laughs> I mean, my, yeah. my friends and family think it's crazy. Like I probably get at least a half dozen, if not more angel numbers every single day. 1111 was a big one with him. Like, so I get that one a lot. Um, I never even knew about 1111 until he and I started dating, but he had this thing where he would like kiss the dashboard of the car, like, <laughs> and like, cause he had, uh, he lost several people very close to him right before we met. They were actually had just passed, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, like I, I just laugh because I mean, and I laugh out of pure joy because, it like all the synchronicities, like you said, you know, I mean, it's like my friends laugh. Like, I don't know why you worry about anything because it's like the carpet's being rolled out for you. Like, I mean, I, you know, like whether it's something as simple as a parking spot or literally like money just appearing exactly when it needs to clients appearing exactly when they need to for the business. Like, I mean, just so many things. I literally have examples every single day. And that's why I started journaling them so that people could see, you know, people, the problem is when you're in deep grief, you, it's hard for you to see the way out. It's, you know, it's similar. I would have ventured to guess at, to depression in that way that, you know, you, it's hard for you to see the next step, you know, the, mm. the, the light, any light. Um, so being able to identify those signs and synchronicities, even if they're just small at first, help build the pathway to you to get back on track to, to be able to fulfill your soul's purpose. And so for me, journaling that is obviously super purposeful for me and brings me such great joy. And if I get to a dark spot, I can go back to that. And it takes me back to the truth. When I get distracted by the physical world and, you know, all the things like the shiny glittery things that we're distracted with every day or the yep. news or whatever it is, which I don't even consume anymore. But when you start to get distracted, you can come back to that. And so that's why one of the things I always tell people is, journaling is huge because it's, it not only helps you start to identify those things, but when you are having a challenging day, you can come back or a challenging hour or a challenging minute, you can come back to that truth and know there is something bigger than, you know, the, the sadness that you might be stuck in in that moment. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about how challenging that was for you, because, you know, I can imagine the love 
the relationship, the life that you were living and and grief is definitely something. I mean, I haven't really experienced it on that level. Like my grandmother passed in 2018 and that was really like my awakening coming back to Australia. And I always said that, you know, she followed me there to that apartment and she was like, Luke, it's time for you to change and grow. This is not your life. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. And because it's, uh, how do you explain it? Like what, like when people say, what happened? How did you change? And I'm like, yeah, there's so many different things. But the one main uh, decision that I made was that I'm moving to Poland, which was where she passed. Um, but that was my, you know, heritage, my culture at the time. I was very attached to, to, to the country, um, and to that identity as well, you know, given my parents are from there, but that was the loss. And so there was deep, you know, I did, I did cry. Um, I don't cry much, to be honest. I do get emotional, choke, my choke, my throat chokes up and stuff like sometimes. Um, I did this morning actually while I was in the shower because of seeing my friend, it's his birthday um, and he's my best friend and, and he's, you know, in Italy and he's doing a gig for a wedding. And, you know, a couple of years ago, he, he was afraid to step out and, and be a DJ, you know. So I got a bit emotional there because I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, look how far he's come. If there's anything that's, that's challenging to deal with and for you to heal from, it's grief. Everything else is, is kind of like on a different level. But grief is something that requires time, really. Like in terms of like, for example, coming out of a toxic relationship or going through trauma, some sort of abuse or um, something really horrific that you've been through when you were younger, that's something that you have to take action on. And obviously it takes time, but it requires action for you to process emotions and, and, and um, express yourself and um, journal and do a different, uh, you know, somatic exercises or breath, breath work or whatever it is, right? But grief, you can't just do a freaking program for 30 days or two months and all of a sudden you're over it. Yeah. And I think some of the people that haven't, that are blessed enough to not have been touched by it yet in their life, um, don't understand that it's not a single event. Um, it's amazing some of the things that people say. And I know like they're well intentioned, but when, you know, you experience loss, some of the things that you hear, um, are kind of off putting, you know, like I've had people say to me, so, uh, Roger passed and then literally six months of the day. Uh, and this goes to your point about dates. Cause I don't believe this was, you know, by happenstance, I don't even believe in that anymore. I believe everything happens for a reason, but literally six months of the day afterwards, my um, best female friend and basically second mother passed away. And, um, I had people say to me, well, you had a really bad year. Well, it's like, no, <laughs> this wasn't like, this wasn't a singular event or two events. Like this is my new normal, you know, like this is now I have to figure out how to, who I even am. And that's part of it too, is who are you without those people that you spent the majority of your time with, you know, like without them physically here, what even resonates with you? And most people that go through traumatic loss, whether it's a spouse, a child, you know, even a close parent you have to kind of relearn who you are and what you even like anymore, because a lot of it can be attached to the identity of that relationship, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I'm sorry for your, for the passing, you know, because it hurts, 
you know. And it does it, hurt. It's, it hurts a lot, you know. But as I go back to my experience, you know, the loss of my grandmother hurt. And it's – and it kind of is a shame, but sometimes it's just the way that it has to be. You know, if it yeah. doesn't hurt enough, you won't move. Exactly. And I see that now. Um, I, you know, when it first happened, I thought like, why did it have to be him? Why does it have to be, you know, like come up with all the things like he was super fit and worked out all the time, ate extremely healthy, like why him? But the reality of it is now I clearly see that this was our soul's paths and this was predestined and he knew it. Like when I look back on letters that he wrote me when we were dating he would reference like not only dreaming about me when he was a child, but also um, if he ever left before I did. Um, and so he knew on a soul level, I truly believe that he was going to be leaving early. And mm. um, I know now that I had to experience the enormous depths of this loss to be able to get to the place where I am now and to have the opportunity to help other people and to help carve a path because the conversations I'm able to have with people that are grieving and the impact that it makes is phenomenal. And honestly, nothing like brings me to that place of just like deep soul satisfaction like when somebody, you know, that lost their husband or their child says to me, like, that I just help them to transform the way that they're looking at it and to continue living, you know, because it's difficult. You know, I went through, I definitely went through suicidal ideations. I mean, it's, you know, I, that's the real, that's the reality of it. And anybody that's not saying that I, they're just, they're keep they're holding it close to the vest because it's the truth of it. I mean, you can't go through it without having those feelings, at least at some points. So mm -hmm. to be able to see that type of impact when I share like through my book and through one-on-one -on -one conversations with people about how we were able to build this communication system, it's amazing to be able to see the impact of other people. It's amazing. And I know that without with any other loss, it wouldn't have taken me to the place that I needed to get taken to, to be able to have that impact. Yeah. Powerful stuff. So tell us a little bit, first of all, tell us about DigiMe. Yeah. So uh, Roger had started the company in 2008. I started with him about six months later. Um, it's a technology company in the HR space. So instead of doing uh, text-based job descriptions. We build video job ads for companies. Okay. We've got a patent behind the solution. Uh, I've been passionate about the business, but he lived and breathed the business um, to the point where even when he was in hospice, like his final days, he was talking about the business. So um, I, I'm passionate about it for myself, but I'm beyond passionate about it because of it. It was so, you know, it was him. so his. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's I was reading something about a device or something that helps connect people with, um, what, you know, when someone passes um, so that they can stay connected or something like that. I just uh, published, I just came out a few weeks ago, I published a book called The Enduring and the Everlasting. And so it's basically three sections. The first section of the book is talking about 
our lived experiences in the physical world, just to give people a deeper insight into our relationship and kind of the the depth of our relationship. Um, there's some funny stories in there too, but, and then the second section is the experiences and signs that I started to have meet literally immediately. The, the minute he passed, I got my first sign from him um, and how I used those signs. I was able to use those signs to build a communication system with him. And so I detail out a lot of the experiences that I've had just so that people can see that it is possible. Mm-hmm. And then the third section of the book is basically a how to guide. So giving people uh, an outline of a typical day of what I do to be able to connect and have communication with him and kind of walking through my experience and how they can do it themselves. Cause most mediums will tell you the qualified mediums that have been, you know, vetted, tested, all the things will tell you that you can do this yourself. You can have these connections and communications with your loved one yourself. You don't need a medium. The medium, I always look at the mediums as kind of the icing on a cake, you know, just another layer of validation. But, um, but yeah, the book is just, is really laid out step by step to help people be able to have the communication with their loved one. That's pretty incredible and almost unbelievable. Yeah, I can, I can see that, but um, yeah, I think it's people, so- You get people that are like skeptical, that are like, yeah, whatever, you know. You um, know, it's really interesting. Like, is that part of the spiritual world as well? Like people seeing ghosts and stuff or? Um, I don't know. I don't really go down that whole like dark path. Like I, I'm like, I'm more into like the positive and the light, you know, the le- love and light aspect yeah, but of I it. I mean, is, is a ghost, is ghost bad? No, like, not necessarily. I'm, and I, I'm you know, the you ghost could use- as like something that is energy or is a spirit or something yeah. that you see in the room. Like I see something just walk past or something. I'm like, Oh, what was that? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it could be, uh, someone, someone's soul or energy or whatever it is, like from they're not here anymore. But yeah, one hundred percent. And yeah, people use the word ghost differently. So for me, like you know, it's kind of like the you know, woo, like scary stuff. But yeah, like, yeah, the scary aberration thing, yeah. is, I think, the word that like is you know, kind of more in the spiritual realm that people use. But no, one hundred percent. And honestly, um, I had an experience and I've been told that this is very, very difficult for our loved ones on the other side to do. But I actually had an experience after Roger passed. It was not long after he passed. And it was definitely when I was um, suicidal, um, where I woke up and he was laying how he always laid next to me in bed, like looking right at me. It only lasted a few seconds, but Um, but like you said, it's, it is energy and it's them, you know, showing us, but as far as your comment about like doubters or, you know, anybody, first of all, I would say, um, I 100% live my authentic truth. Now I don't hold back from telling people my experiences because what I've learned is it's actually the absolute opposite. It gives, it gives people space and permission to have conversations that they don't feel safe having with other people. And it is phenomenal. I've not had anybody like act to me like, what are you talking about? It's always the opposite. I'm like, then there's, they start sharing experiences with me and, you know, I have had so many people thank me for giving them, for being brave and telling my story and giving them a platform and a place to have a conversation about 
the experiences that they're having. And the fact of the matter is, like anything related to synchronicities manifesting all the things, the more we talk about it, the more we're displaying gratitude. And so it magnetizes it. So we start getting more and more of it. So the more you're acknowledging your experiences, the more experiences you're going to have, the more communication you're going to have. Very powerful. And, you know, and it is your, I can hear your authenticity. You know, I can feel it. And, you know, you are going to get always people that have doubts or, but it's always like, if you haven't experienced it for yourself, then you're going to be skeptical, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're going to judge or whatever. But, um, but that's, that's, I think it's part of the authentic journey. Uh, yeah. You being yourself, speaking your truth. I mean, I get it a lot too. You know, I get different types of comments and messages and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes in the past I was triggered, but now I'm just like, I'm just going to keep probably not the person for you. Like they're not meant to be in your world and that's okay. You know, not all of us resonate with everybody, but the people that need us are going to be, you know, pulled into our energy and they're going to get healing energy from us. So you know, if you have a healing impact on one person, a hundred people, a million people, what difference does it make if there's a few naysayers? Yeah, but the naysayers are important too. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I have love for everyone because, you know, you can't give what you don't have. And going through a journey of like self-love and self-compassion, self-appreciation and, and, and healing, it's it takes you to this new level of seeing people differently and knowing that right. you know some people are just projecting because of their own fears and insecurities yeah and no i agree and i wasn't saying not to have love i'm just saying that they're not ready for you right now oh, you yeah, know yeah, like of course like yeah i'm just i'm not changing for anyone you know right. um but people will just uh, i think it's funny especially social media i see it a lot on tiktok or even instagram you know, I always see if there is a video and then I, <laughs> I hit the comments and there are so many people that are like sharing their opinion, uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's interesting how people love to, um, love to share their beliefs of what they think you should be doing, you know? Um, <laughs> but that's, I guess that's just uh, social media, right? But the other thing I want to ask you, and I think it's, um, it's awesome. I'll, I'll, we'll definitely, um, share the links for your book um, in the show notes. But in terms of now moving forward in your life, the relationship with yourself, obviously you have this connection with um, with Roger spiritually and, you know, you feel, you know, you have the messages and the signs and he's there. Um, do you feel that does, – does that mean that you're not allowed or you don't give yourself permission or you just don't feel that you want to – attract someone else into your life or how do you feel about that? So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question. It's a complicated question. Um, I, we had a conversation. So luckily, um, when he was in hospice, we were able to have a lot of conversations that, um, you know, not everybody gets to have with their person, but, um, we made a pact that um, if he was to ever send me somebody or come through through somebody that um, this person would communicate something very specific to me. So we have a phrase that this person would say to me, should that ever be the case? You know, wow. um, does it resonate with me? The thought of like being in another relationship, the truth of that is no, 
Um, yeah. But um, am I, have I created rules or blocks? No, because I mean, that defeats the purpose of everything we're talking about. Right. <laughs> so um, yeah. So my, my thing with that is like, yeah, I'm open it. Like if somebody ever came to me and said to me what we agreed on, <laughs> I'd probably hit the floor first, but, yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> That's a, just hearing you say that, I'm like, oh, damn, like, yeah, the energetics of, of the spiritual side of, of coming through somebody else to connect with you, um, that would, yeah, that's next level shit, man. It's, <laughs> it's deep, you know? Um, but, yeah, like, it, it's not impossible, right? But I think, right. yeah, it's definitely – uh, for everyone, it's different. I mean, you, especially when you go through a relationship, there's so much love and connection, and then that's not there anymore. Um, you know, you can have such a powerful connection that once it's not, once once it's passed, you know, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to attract anyone else. I don't want yeah. to be in a relationship. I'm, I'm, that was, that was it. And if I can't have that, I'm not having any more. You know, so and some people can be like that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I also feel not. like, sorry to interrupt you. I also feel like we um, go through phases in our life too. Like maybe that was like my like love phase for to be in relationship with somebody, you know, at like the spouse type of level. And maybe the next phase of my life is to be in deep community with uh, an expansive group of friends, you know, like just, we don't have to always have our relationships look the same or the way that society, you know, kind of, tells us we need to have them look, you know, maybe there's a new phase of love to show itself through me to me um, in this part of my life. So I'm open to any way that that could be. It doesn't have to be a one-on-one relationship with a, you know, spouse. For sure. So tell us a little bit more about how you help people and, and, and obviously you're an author, so, you know, you've got your book, but um, what are you doing in the professional sense yeah, well, first and foremost, as uh, in my capacity as an executive, I definitely speak my truth every time I can. And, and it's amazing. I'm in containers with other C-suite executives and having these conversations. And it opens the door for a lot of people to be able to, you know, communicate things that they don't feel comfortable otherwise. But um, in addition to that, I am definitely helping people through like Reiki healing sessions. Um, I'm helping people not just with the book, but um, through one-on-one grief coaching and things like that. So that's awesome. Being of service. Uh, I think it's one of the probably most fulfilling things that you can do um, is to give back and to, to be of service to others. And I think what is the, what, what is the thing that drives you now? Like, is it just in the fact that you know that you're able to to give something to people that they need, that's going to, that's helping them to thrive and prosper. Um, How how does that work for you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure if you've ever read like Gary Zukoff's work or um, Jamie Wheeler, Recapture the Rapture. The premise of the work is that the people that are chosen or have, you know, are chosen to be here during this time are really to up level humanity and our collective consciousness and I 100% believe that. So I think this was, is my job. Like this, this was my soul's mission coming here. So I take it, you know, it, it's, a, it's, I'm very passionate about it. I, I love being able to make a difference and, you know, try to help people see things a little bit differently when they are stuck in grief. Yeah. And, and it's also like your purpose, right? 
do you feel that it's like your yes. calling? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is one of the questions that many people kind of get stuck with in life. And I believe that in order for you to discover your purpose, you need to step into your authentic authenticity. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not being authentic, you're out of alignment with who you are. Yeah. So, and I feel like deep pain is always a catalyst for that, you know, because I do feel like we get tested with how much we can hold because if you can't hold pain, criticism, you know, like you were talking about earlier with like the comments on social, if you can't hold that, you can't, you can't be a safe space for a large number of people. Yeah. Um, they drive, they motivate me <laughs> when I, see, when I see comments like hating comments or negative comments that motivate the shit out of me. I'm just like, you know, I just keep going. Right. Um, so like they, and they're also good a part of the, it's also part of the algorithm. It's like every comment is a good comment, <laughs> you know, <laughs> social media is like, Oh, there's lots of people commenting on this stuff. Um, <laughs> so it ad- adds to it, but yeah, discovering your purpose and pain is a catalyst or, or the, the passing of someone is a catalyst. Um, but what if, I mean, what if someone's out there and, They've been work like I mean I look back at my life and I'm like well I was working a nine to five for nine and a half years, and in order for me to step into this journey, yeah, I had to face some fears, I had to do some public speaking, I had to invest in myself and do some personal development, and I had to isolate myself as well, um, move away from family and friends. I went to China, I lived in the Shaolin Temple, um, learning kung fu, um, a lot more time alone. Um, now I've moved to Dubai. Um, more time alone, you know, I'm like, I'm following what feels in alignment with what I need. Right. Um, but in order for me to start the journey, I had to start making changes. And I think that's definitely something that people struggle with. What do you, what could you suggest for someone who's like in a place in their life where they're just, they're not fulfilled. Right. Because I think that that's the, you know, Tony Robbins says, you know, progress equals happiness. Right. If if you're not making progress in your life, uh, then you're in you find yourself in a place of stagnation and and almost depression because nothing is changing. You you're wanting a different life, but you're not doing anything different. So, how or what kind of advice can you give to someone who <laughs> wants to step into their purpose, wants to live their best life, but they're finding it difficult right now to to make that happen? My answer is actually pretty simple. Um, I really feel like, first of all, I get a lot of inspiration from being out in nature. So I think going for a walk and literally just no distractions, like just give yourself the space to have the creative vision. Cause for me, visualizing is like just a game changer. Cause once you can see yourself in it and doing it, you can, you know, you can take the next step to, to actually make it happen. But if you're not giving yourself the space to even think about what you actually should be doing or what really resonates with you, you're not going to be able to make the move away from that, you know, nine to five that's maybe not satisfying to you. But so I, to me, it's like baby steps. But the first thing is like just giving yourself space to have the imagination of what it could be because 
we get, we give ourselves just more and more numbing distractions and it just, um, it just keeps us away from being able to see that vision. And I think when, if you do something simple, like going for a walk in nature, it can really just help you have like an aha moment, you know, that could literally be the thing that changes everything. Yeah. You bringing up nature makes me want to go back to my parents' house and dance in the woods. <laughs> that's like one of my, <clears throat> that's one of my famous dances. And uh, yeah, it's very grounding because I always go there and walk on the dirt and then dance on the dirt while the trees are just watching. <laughs> Yeah. I love your dancing videos and I love nature. I love hiking. I love being outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what is your definition of success? Whoa, that's a big question. (laughs) Um, Because I mean, it's very, I know it's a big question, but there's so many people, I I say the definition of success is, is inner peace. Feeling content yeah, I was going to say like self-satisfaction would be my, Mm. uh, it's definitely not material. Um, to mm-hmm. me, it's, you know, it's, do you feel joy? Do you feel alignment with who you are and what you're doing? Is it bad to have material? No. I mean, it just is the, it's the duality, you know, I mean, you can hold both. You can, you know, have material things. You can have nice things. You can work for nice things because in some ways those give you the ability to help more people. Right. So they're not mutually exclusive. What's your relationship like with money? Because I think there's a big stigma there with people and success or money. And it's like lots of people have a fear of it for some reason. Not afraid of it at all. I welcome it in every single day. Money is the root of all evil, right? Money is the root of all evil. You've heard that before? Yeah, I have. And I don't believe it. I mean, I, you know, to me, again, abundance gives you the space to be able to create like the types of containers that you've created. You know, you can't. You can't do those powerful things if you don't have the resources to do them. So, yeah, mm. I call in abundance every single day. I'm a big fan of EFT tapping work. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I've got my little EFT mantras I go through every morning The bring it on universe, bring in all the abundance and opportunities that are meant for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Powerful stuff. Lindsay, everything that you've shared is really inspiring and, um, you know, there's there's almost so much to take in. I, I had these moments, like I had a moment yesterday where, you know, I'd been working all day and and then, you know, I thought, well, I could order something and they could bring it to the apartment or – and I'm like, no, nah, I can't. I've got to get out, you know. So I went for a walk. I went to this place. I went to another place. And then when I got back after like an hour, I was like, it's almost like – I had this realization of like that I was a lot of the time I was just unconscious, you know? And I was like, did I just do that? I was like, oh, wow. I just went for a walk and I just did all this stuff by myself. And then I just got, it's like, a, it's like I was on autopilot, you know, um, which is kind of like, again, it's like trying to stay in the present moment, but your mind, there's so much going on a lot of the times, right? There's so much going on in our minds that, and then you get those moments where you're driving and then 10 minutes later, you're like, where am I? How did I get here? Right. Um, but yeah, uh, I can't remember why I was sharing that. I, I sometimes have these, um, these trains of thought, you know, even myself, you know, and, and, and I'm sharing this vulnerably because I think many people experience this. 
where you're in conversation and then your mind just goes somewhere else or you've completely forgotten about what you were trying to say. And then you, you almost feel dumb in a sense or you're not in control of the way that you think. Um, is that something that you deal with as well or, um, and, or yeah, how do you battle that? I've done a lot of work around um, just kind of at least uh, getting myself to a neutral state so that um, because I get a lot of what I would consider divine downloads, you know, information and help with things that definitely didn't come from me. I find myself like writing emails for the business, for example, that is not even in my vernacular. So it's like, I know it's a divine download. I felt like that very much writing the book too. But I think, you know, the more you can do like the meditation and visualization work, like the less autopilot you're on. But I do feel like sometimes that when you are driving or doing those things that are monotonous, those can be opportunities for us to open up to because you are kind of in a like semi zoned out state. So um, messages can come through to you when you're in those states. Yeah. When I'm speaking, uh, doing my solo episodes, even because I'm in such a flow state, uh, there's stuff that I say that I'm like, where did I learn that? <laughs> I don't know, kind of, yeah, like seriously, I get these these words that come out. I'm like, where did I learn that? I can't remember learning that. Um, and that's also part of surrendering, you know. And I learned that we we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to to read or to remember everything or to take in all the information that we're like learning and or when we're listening to content or whatever it is. And I learned this when I was in Chicago. I was reading a book called The Blank Slate. And and I thought to myself, you know what? I don't like reading. I just it's not my thing. I like podcasts and audio audiobooks and stuff like that. Motivational videos on YouTube. That's how I learned. And when I was living in Chicago at my cousin's house, I just had this moment where I was like, you know what? I'm going to every day for 20 minutes or whatever, I'm going to sit on this massage chair because it was a really cool massage chair. <laughs> I'm going to sit here with this book. And even though I don't like reading, I'm just going to allow my mind to take in the information that I'm reading. You know, my mind is like, I read a paragraph, I'll keep reading, and then my mind is over there. So I'll get to the end of the page, and I can't even remember what I read. You know, but my mind, what I believe is that your mind is always processing everything. So what I'm reading is, is there subconsciously. Yeah, I'm still observing it. I'm still reading it. My mind's still taking it in. Um, and so that's definitely something that has helped me, you know, in terms of my learning, in terms of, you know, not need, put, taking away the pressure. You know, like there can be stuff that you were talking about today while I'm with you and I can't remember everything. But guess what? My mind can which is ridiculous because that really takes away the emphasis of like, hey, stop trying to have it all figured out. Like you're not supposed to remember everything, but guess what? Someday down the track or some conversation you're going to have or something you're going to talk about in the future, there's going to be information that you learned from Lindsay and you heard her talk about it and it's going to come out <laughs> and you're going to go, where did it come from? And that's also part of like, you know, yeah, there can be downloads, but there can also be just the amount of information that you've taken in or learned from other people that you've forgotten about that's actually stored there and 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 you can express it in that moment right yeah i agree with you 100 i um 
prior to Rogers crossing over, I was very high drive and very, I guess, controlling of, you know, like with the business and everything, having to have everything like perfect and figure everything out and had to know where, you know, the next client or next opportunity was coming from. And um, this, everything about this experience has been 100% uh, an exercise of trust where I like don't do that anymore. You know, I just don't get caught up in that anymore. It's I, I trust that the opportunities that are meant for me, for us will come, you know, and as long as I'm doing the work and showing up and, you know, like running the business the right way, like very heart centered, it's going to work out. Do the right thing and the right things come back. You know, what you put out comes back. Take action as well, right? I think that some people expect or just want things to work out but they're not showing up and doing the work you know there's resistance um, procrastination uh, fear right uh, not where they want to be but like as i say you're not where you want to be that's all the motivation that you need for you to take action you know so um so yeah congratulations on on your success and everything that you've m managed you know with with uh Roger's passing, um, because I know how, um, I mean, I don't know because I'm not in your body and I'm not ha haven't experienced what you've experienced, but I can appreciate that it would be challenging and it wouldn't be easy, you know, to, to move forward and to achieve the level of success that you've achieved and to be able to be of service to others and to be an author. And I, there's so much time and energy that goes into everything that you, you are doing. Um, and so, you know, congratulations on that. And, and thank you so much for, for coming on the Luke Mindpower podcast and sharing your story and um, and everything that you've experienced. And I know that everybody who's listening to this will be inspired um, and will be interested to learn more about you. But if they want to, you know, if everybody who's listening wants to follow you or contact you or get in touch with you, um, where can they do that? Um, so, I mean, I'm super Googleable, but, um, my, uh, Instagram handle is Mateo's mom 34. <laughs> um, otherwise, uh, my website for the book is, uh, the soul revival.com. And that's where my coaching and everything is too. The soul revival. That's a cool name. Thank you. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much again for, for joining us on the podcast. Uh, it's such a blessing to meet you. And yeah, like I said, I know people who are tuning in will be very inspired and touched by your story. And also it's a story of, of resilience and courage to keep moving forward, you know, um, to being the light, even though it, it, it's been, you know, it would be a very challenging experience, you know, when someone passes that's close to you that you love. Thank you. And I very much appreciate your time and providing the platform to have this conversation. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Lindsay. Thank you for joining me on this journey of self-discovery and growth. If you're ready to grow and reach your full potential and find inner peace, send me a DM that says, I want inner peace, and I'll send you the next steps. You can accomplish anything you set your mind to. When you change your mind, you change your whole life. So don't hesitate and send that DM over to me. Myself and my team can't wait to meet you and witness your transformation in full glory. See you next week.